everybody to a mini episode of Sharpen That Axe, a mini episode dedicated to strengthening a mini podcast. Good God, uh, dedicated to strengthening your <laughs> skills as a guitar player. Keep it in, leave it in. Uh, but it was Dylan Murphy, an amateur guitarist, uh, guitar enthusiast. Uh, with me as always is my uh, co-host, uh, Shred God Extraordinaire, John Gillen. John, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for the huge compliment there. So aspiring I, shred God. That's all. There, there you go. I think, yeah. you know, I often overlook how good our little lick at the start is. And that is your bad self. Um, so, you know, it's oh. always good to keep that in. Well, there we go. A little peek behind the curtain there. Um, so uh, last time we talked about delay. That was a lot of fun. Um, we, you know, threw in a lot of edge puns. And by we, I mean me. And, you know, it was you know, dead jokes. Crack. Uh, yes. So now we are, uh, we said at, at the end of the episode that there really is no point in talking about delay without talking about reverb because the two are often confused, especially by myself, often kind of like, you know, substituted for one another in terms of like talking about guitar. And sometimes there's like a fine line between where delay ends and reverb begins. So we're here yeah. to clear that up a little bit in terms of like a little bit, as long as we don't get into uh, my reverb pedal which we'll probably do at the end. So We probably will. <laughs> so it's funny, like we mentioned before the show that it's harder a little bit to talk about reverb as a guitar effect because it's not as mm -hmm. identifiable as, say, delay. Because with reverb, it's, you know, you don't really always, I found from my own home recording and, you know, recording in the studio that reverb is something I don't always notice when it's there, but I certainly notice yeah. when it's taken away. And that's uh, that's a big thing in terms of like, because it's used on everything, right? right? Delay is primarily, unless you're like, you know, you're not using like effects like delay or phasers or flangers on other instruments or voices, except like if you're, you know, Peter Chris in Kiss and you're making yeah. your drums with a little phaser effect. Yeah. But reverb is put on everything. And it's put on vocals, it's put on drums, it's, you know, it's 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 a massive part of like the studio sound but where it works in guitar is it basically adds another layer of uh, take a shot warmth i suppose <laughs> and the thing yeah. is like it's 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 you know it's a massive part of a lot of famous guitar sounds but you wouldn't really notice it i suppose the most clear use of reverb is that kind of like surf rock sound that mm -hmm. really like shimmering fender uh dick dale miserly kind of like yeah. thickness that is added to the guitar sound and it's funny because a couple of months ago uh paul davis the paul davids the um i think he's dutch uh, youtuber put out a video called like the sweetest guitar tone ever about mm -hmm. jeff buckley's tone on hallelujah yeah which is like I'd, it's such a crisp and beautiful guitar tone and that is like kind of like the benchmark for clean reverb sounds and yeah i mean i i'd encourage everyone to check that out and also it's funny because uh, this is the day after uh, My Bloody Valentine, one of the, I suppose, most influential shoegaze bands that ever existed. Um, they, they they just released all their back catalogue on Spotify. And people were like, I can finally listen this, to this not on YouTube. Right. And like reverb is a massive part of their sound. So I suppose before we kind of go into like how it's used in guitar, we should probably talk a little bit about it as, you know, as a general effect and what it is. Right. And I suppose 
reverb is the natural reflections from a space. Essentially, you'll you'll hear loads of stories about like Led Zeppelin or classic rock bands recording in all these different spaces because of the room sound and because of just essentially how their amplifiers and drums and vocals sounded within specific spaces. So, mm -hmm. John, would you like to uh, maybe elaborate a little bit on that on like yeah. how 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 it works? Well, I, I think first off, distinguishing between delay and reverb, because there is, like you said before, there is a little bit of an overlap. And I think if if you're just kind of getting into these effects, understanding the difference between the two. So like if you've ever shouted into a canyon or something like that, and you hear your voice come back that, hey, 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 that's echo, mm -hmm. that's delay, as opposed yep. to like going into the, the school gym and clapping your hands and it just kind of bounces off the walls and all that sort of thing. It's not like you can, if you shout into the gym, you don't hear that delay come back. You just kind of hear this noise bouncing around. And as you said, that natural space. So it, it kind of came about as, as people it is as far back as, the middle ages, early middle ages, when they start building yeah. these churches and you've got all these monks singing in here, like a lot of Western music can be traced back to this. And they start purposefully constructing these spaces so that they can get better reverb. And as the choirs kind of sing in the wings to each other, it bounces up and off these arch ceilings and creates this massive sound. And the, the whole idea is that it just kind of feels like the the voices are coming from everywhere and it's just has a really big sound um and so as history progresses and we start building concert halls and those sorts of things the ideas you know like um richard wagner and his yeah. his beirut you know like that's all designed to capture the sound as best as you possibly can and it's a science now, like it's the, the idea of acoustics and architecture in order to create those giant hall reverbs. And that's, that's a, a huge part of what we think of when we think of someplace like Carnegie Hall, it's how sure. it sounds, right? Sounds, yeah. Um, and so getting, getting that and then, but then trying to capture that same thing, recording studios started building these rooms like they're concrete bunkers in the basement and then they kind of add these wood panels or sound panels in order to shape the sound a little bit um and then after that like it just kind of starts developing a little bit more and you've you've got you took some some pretty serious notes you had a class on reverb basically I right did. so I had a, a class on like adding reverb to this is within the world of sound design but we essentially had it brought back to what you just said there in terms of like, you know, you can't always record something in a concert hall, right? You know, and it's it's crazy the technology now that they have in terms of like how sound designers have gone through all these different spaces and just mic'd up the the ambience of a room. And it's like you can get like an Abbey Road plug-in now that makes your recording sound like basically has like the the, the natural reverb from the actual, you know, recording studios in Abbey Road. And yeah, I mean, so it, it, basically a lot of studios back in the day uh, basically created these echo chambers and it was designed with reverb in mind. So basically what happened here was you had like each of these chambers had a set of speakers and a microphone and whatever you just recorded would be played through the speakers, picked up through the microphones and then sent back into the mixing desk. Mm -hmm. And this was, you know, this was a, a, a massive 
ordeal to do. Like, you know, you had to designate a separate space to do it. Then they kind of led to this thing called plate reverbs, which we've touched lightly on before, which was essentially like, it literally was a big metal plate. It was a massive metal sheet with a speaker on one end, microphone on the other. You sent the signal through the speaker. It created this really warm reverb and then the microphone picks it up. Um, it, it basically adds to this like rich, bright sound, which was particularly used on vocals and drums. Uh, and then it also, these metal sheets also had uh, a, like a dampening wheel, which would shorten the reverb time. So essentially you would like push it into the plate and the reverb would essentially contract. So this is where it gets interesting because then things went digital. Like, mm, you, know, yeah. uh, you know, not only Dylan went electric, everybody went electric. And this is where artificial reverb comes in, which is essentially what I like <laughs> as, you know, as a basic guitarist, you know, you, you, you're not always recording in a recording studio. This is like yeah. digital reverb is essentially the only reverb that I know that I've really used. And this came through like really complex algorithms. Reverb is achieved, achieved by using like these delay lines um, essentially feeding copies into copies which like basically filtered through and created this really rich ambient sound and electric electronic reverbs though like they don't have the same feel as like you know like an echo chamber they allow for a lot more customization which i suppose is which where the guitar world kind of comes in because like we're we're big pedal fans here and the amount of stuff you can do with like even like a hundred euro reverb pedal is insane so, yeah, I mean, this is where it comes into the guitar, you know, the the the, the, the stratosphere, so to speak, um, or, or the teleosphere. Sorry, had to. I'm on fire today. Um, so, yeah, I mean, John, when you think of like Wait. reverb, it's not <laughs> it's not always guitar. I mean, like we've talked before about Vangelis mm-hmm. and soundtrack yeah. work and synths. So, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, would the would the eighties really have been the time that this kind of came into the fore in terms of like digital reverb in terms of digital reverb I, so when we're talking about vangelis or jealous or however you pronounce his name um it's uh what's important there is he uses these rack studio rack mounted uh digital reverb units and this is important because ultimately guitar players in the 80s start moving towards rack mounted effects anyway and so they realize guys like steve Vai. Um, you know, who have these crazy rack setups realize that like, hey, I can put this really cool, super malleable digital reverb in here. So what Vangelis did on Blade Runner was he was taking these $2,000 units mm. and creating this cool landscape, uh, sonic landscape in terms of how it played with uh, diegetic and non-diegetic sound and that's we won't go too far into that but it is actually really interesting because it gives touring musicians and guitarists this realization that like I can put this in a rack with everything else and really get these cool digital reverb sounds and make it sound like a concert hall and it's right here and it changes the way we start to think about our, our reverb and how portable that is. And then, you know, when we come down to today, same thing, like line six now puts it all in, into their, I can't remember what their reverb unit was, but it was similar to the DL4, right? They had a sure. reverb unit for that too. Um, and then we've got all these, like these small pedals now, like you mentioned uh, for under a hundred bucks, um, you know, something like the hall of fame. 
absolutely yeah. incredible. You now have, you have concert hall, you've got plate, you've got spring, you've got room reverb and you can dial it all in. It's amazing what you can do with it. Right. Yeah. And the thing is like, one thing we should mention as well is that reverb is it, it pretty much correct me if I'm wrong here. Cause you're a little bit more of a gearhead than I am, but in terms of like reverb would generally always be placed at the end because it just adds that extra sound to the effects that have already been turned on and, and utilized. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the way the reverb decays, you want to mm. put it before, or you want to put it at the end of everything else. So before the amp. Yeah, that's, that's just because, for example, like the delay, if you put the reverb before the delay, you kind of end up, it ends up chopping the tail off of the reverb in each one of those successive delays. Okay. Same thing if maybe you've got a phaser or if you put it um, in the tremolo or something like that. If you're cutting that tremolo really hard, it's, again, going to be cutting out that reverb effect. Sometimes you'll find it in the effects loop where it goes before the preamp, and that's just because the preamp will color that tone a little bit. So sure. in order to get your cleanest, most ambient sounding reverb, sparkly reverb, ideally it goes before the preamp, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. I know a lot of people that just run in straight into the amp anyway and don't bother with the effects loop, mostly because now more people are using pedals in order to get their overdriven sound. Sure. Yeah. So the amp itself is not the thing that really gets cranked in order to break it up. It's we're breaking things up before we even get to the amp with overdrive pedals and distortion pedals and stuff. So yeah, that's, that's kind of usually where it sits. I mean, and the thing is like when you're using it as an effect as well, uh, there's a lot of units that would kind of combine uh, reverb with something else like say delay or tremolo um like the is it the keely caverns i think has like both of them in one um mm -hmm. it's it's just it's it's a big you know it's, it 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 adds so much to the sound if when you combine it with delay and yeah i mean there's loads i mean when i think of reverb pedals i think of like maybe like the earthquaker um you know it's got like the the avalanche run oh, it's just a beautiful effect like it's, it's yeah just, well the avalanche runs an interesting one because it blends like blends, delay right? and reverb delay, yeah. and uh i have the afterneath which is a reverb pedal built on a delay circuit it's kind of and it wow. has a knob that essentially allows you to make it more like a delay or more like a reverb and it's amazing it's earthquaker it's just a little bit weird it's a little bit goofy but it's fantastic so yeah i mean um, and we can't really go without talking about strymon as well because like the, right uh, the, it's the strum it's the big sky am i correct yeah the big sky the blue sky is the the smaller unit um but again you know it's same thing like when we talked about the timeline there's so much that this pedal can do and so much that it can emulate it's pretty amazing really so yeah i mean in terms of like so if i i've i've got a hall of fame i've got the the, the bigger one I, I originally wanted a hall of fame mini and then i ended up getting a, a bargain because like i didn't want <laughs> i didn't want to get sucked into the world of like playing around with reverbs i had one reverb sound in mind that i wanted mm -hmm. and it's just it, it was it, it, you know but then I ended up getting the Hall of Fame and it's it's great. And especially with this, I mean, we could do a whole episode about this tone print technology. Like if I oh, want yeah. if I want John Petrucci's reverb uh, sound, I can just like dial it into this pedal through my phone. It is 
ridiculous. It's mental. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the thing is with the there's just so much out there now as well, especially like even in more compact pedals. One thing I kept on coming across was the Electro Harmonics Oceans 11, which yes. has like 11 reverbs on it or 11 effects. And it's just like polyphonic reverb. You've got like this modulated reverb with has basically like chorus and flanger combined tremolo reverb. And I just the reverse effect, like the classic Led Zeppelin sound. It's, you know, there's just so much mm -hmm. there. And then yeah, of course- just I Go have ahead. To mention boss, I have to mention the boss RD6 yes. as well. Like, Absolutely. You know, it's 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 it boss do what they do really well. I think you know, if you're looking for it basically is what you expect it to be. It's a digital reverb, it's nothing like you know, nothing groundbreaking, but then again, very reliable, built like a tank. Like these are, you know, it's 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 from what I've seen, I never played one, it looks like a very reliable pedal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have played through earlier versions like the RV5 and the, I think it's the RV4 that came before that. I'm just guessing. But I have played a few of these different Boss Digital Reverbs that they're they're great. Um, again, you know, go on Reverb.com <laughs> and just like put in Reverb pedals and there's so much there. Just I, do your research. Listen to Andy from Pro Guitar Shop, now at Reverb, <laughs> and his clean tone, right? And then uh, check out check out all of these pedals that there's so much versatility here and different ways to kind of um, shape your sound. That's probably the best way. You said it at the beginning. It's one of those things that really allows you at the end of your chain to kind of finally shape that sound that goes out into the universe. There you go. Yeah. I mean, just in terms of just adding that, I, I mean, it's it's hard to describe it without saying just adding an extra layer of just, I don't know. And the thing is like, as well, I've played through a few old like Fender amps and just the reverb on them is just incredible. I mean, that's, that's that surf sound, right? That is that spring reverb within the amp that creates this really, really beautiful clean sound. And I mean, there is a reason why Fender amps are known for their clean tones like the the reverb on my blues junior rip solder um was beautiful like it really really was even like with you could have like the most beat up guitar and get just the sweetest clean sound out of that amp really really nice uh so yeah i mean it's it's something it's a big selling point i think for the fender amps as well in terms of like you know they're not like you're not going to get the the crunch of a marshall but you will get that beautiful shimmering bright sound so yeah, yeah, I mean, I suppose that that's that's all to say in terms of like reverb pedals. There's just so much out there. And yeah, it's funny though, like like we said, I can't think of I mean, there's just so many players that use it, but you can't pick it out really. You can't like there's there's, you know, you can't pick it out in their sound. It's just there. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Sorry. I, I it's it's just there. again, it's just it's 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 the thing at the end of the chain that really shapes the sound and gives either the song or that kind of iconic sound to the player that you're thinking of, you know? So there you go. Um, friends, we will leave it at that. We are going to be back next time with something a bit more <laughs> complex. John's going to teach me about VSTs. Having a clue what they are? Let's, let's, let's find out. <laughs> um, strap in for that one, John. I have a lot of questions and I refuse to look them up on the internet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 
friends do you have like a favorite reverb pedal we'd love to hear uh, what your thoughts are in terms of like you know how you use it as a tool you can hit us up at sharpen.axe at gmail.com and also sharpen.axe on instagram and um, we are back in business with that uh yeah uh, until next time john have you anything to add don't think so man beautiful you never do uh, stay <laughs> sharp everybody we'll see you next time